You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Everything you need is in Him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, music. God bless you, church. You may be seated. Amen. I thank the Lord for His presence we feel here on Bible study night. Amen. Amen. I thank the Lord for His wonderful spirit. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight and uh, turning your attention, if, if you would, to James chapter 5. And... Um, We're going to read verse 16. Uh, This is what it says. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. That ye may be healed. That's not just in our bodies. That's in all aspects of our life. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, not just males, but people, humanity, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. And tonight I'm, I'm going to uh, talk to you on, on an important topic, and I don't think we can ever talk about it too much, and I don't want it to become that we don't talk about it enough. So um, I'm going to talk to you tonight about prayer And uh, prayer is a key component of our walk with God and our church. And before maybe some within the congregation, hopefully no one, but before you say, well, you know, I've heard it preached about and talked about and heard it many, many times over many, many years, um, I think uh, all of us from time to time need to be reminded of how powerful prayer is and how important it is to our spiritual walk and our relationship with him. And so James is writing, and he uses a phrase that's a very powerful phrase, the effectual fervent prayer. That simply means a, 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 a red-hot prayer, a serious prayer, a sincere prayer, not just saying words or putting in time. And, uh, you know, I, I catch myself at times, if we're not careful, we'll look at the clock and see how long we've been praying. And we're trying to fulfill maybe a time period. And God's not necessarily impressed with a time period. He's impressed with effectual, fervent prayer. He's not really that impressed with a repetitious prayer. Uh, He's impressed with the seriousness and the sincerity, the passion of your prayer. And so I want to talk to you tonight about this. So I'm, at the very first, I'm going to read a number of scriptures because I want to set some tone for what we're going to be talking. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus said unto them, verse 20, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by 
prayer and fasting. And he, he emphasizes that there's what we could consider a level of prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, repeating the Lord's Prayer is still Scripture. But that can become so familiar that we don't even realize what we're saying. And sometimes people are praying and we're, our minds are um, planning the grocery list or uh, doing the lawn work or whatever the case is. Um, walking, praying, and, and talking while we're praying and <laughs> all kinds of things. And I'm, I'm as guilty as, as anyone. But he's speaking Matthew's writing and he says, there's some things that are not changed except for by prayer and fasting. And the Hebrew word for fasting means to cover the mouth. And the Greek word for fasting means to abstain. And so however you want to view that, to abstain by covering the mouth, the main source of fasting uh, within Bible times was food. And I know there's other things that we can discipline ourselves in, and I'm not against that. But the understanding during Scripture is the Lord speaking and says, some things are only going to be changed by prayer and fasting or a disciplining of ourselves where our flesh is brought under subjection. And that's a, a different intensity of prayer. You'll notice also in Scripture it talks about uh, the Daniel fast. And you've probably heard maybe some things talked about that. That's uh, an understanding of what the Scripture would give us as a partial fast. Water and juices to drink and fruits and vegetables to eat. And the Bible calls, uh, it uses this word pulse. Uh, something sown or things from from seed. And you can study that out and understand that people sometimes go and on a partial fast, which maybe follow a fast like the Daniel fast. And you can, you can read about that in Daniel chapter 1. It says, verse 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Verse, chapter 10 of Daniel, in verse 1, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Speaking about this fast, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came, fresh, uh, uh, came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And so he's talking about this partial fast. And you can read it. It's a very neat story in the book of Daniel how this goes on and the king's going to, uh, at, at, at different times, he's going to try to get them to eat meat. And Daniel's got his own fast. And the results of that, you see in the same chapter, verse 12, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day 
that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, speaking about the fast, thy words were heard, and I am come to thy words, but the prince of the king of Persia withstood me, uh, uh, me one and twenty days, twenty-one days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. It, it's a powerful demonstration of what happened when Daniel set himself aside for the seriousness of prayer and fasting. Now, I don't know if that means anything to you, but when Michael the archangel shows up and fights on your behalf, that's a pretty powerful event. Um, and, and the scripture tells us that that happened because of, afterwards, of this sincerity of what Daniel is doing by even partially fasting, but still being disciplined in what he was partaking of. Michael fought on his behalf. It's a pretty powerful event. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so what you and I are wrestling in 2023 is not carnal things. We're not wrestling flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the things that we're up against, and that stuff does not just change by looking at it. Those things are only changed by what Jesus said, but by prayer and fasting. And getting into a level of sincereness in our prayer time with God that is beyond the ordinary. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's a different level. It's a different level of just spending time in prayer. And I thank God for the foundation of this church and the prayer that has happened since the beginning of this church. But folks, we cannot rely just on years gone by. There's something that has to happen inside of us that says, you know what? I'm going to change situations and circumstances by the power of prayer and fasting. I'm going to change it in my life. I'm going to change it in my family's life. I'm going to change it in my workplace. I'm going to change it in my city. I'm going to change it in my church. Give you another example. Isaiah 58 verse 1 says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression. In the house of Jacob their sins, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. Further on it says, they take delight in approaching to God. Behold, he says, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. This is 
This is again the prophet Isaiah writing the necessity of our approach to God and being sincere in our time of prayer and even in fasting. And within the same chapter, Isaiah 58, this is the result. Verse 5, it is such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul as it is to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? Notice now the results. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke. So what happens in verses 5 and 6 is because of verses 1 to 3. If you want to change your situation, circumstances, dilemma, then prayer and fasting is the most powerful way. It's not talking about it, writing about it. It's not discussing it unless you're discussing it with God. Listen, I'm not against, I, I love to chat. Anyone should know that by now. But you coming and sitting across from me at my desk is not going to solve your problem. What's going to solve your problem is finding yourself in God's presence until something happens that has moved the needle of your situation. Now listen, I'll try to be the best listener I can, trying to be a better listener, and I'm trying not to talk as much, let people chat. But at the end of the day, it isn't me that's going to change your situation. It's going to be your sincerity of getting a hold of God in prayer and fasting. It's finding yourself in God's presence and saying, I'm not going to leave here until something happens. And I can give you all kinds of scripture for that type of situation where Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he wrestled to the break of day. Just look at what Isaiah says. To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that every yoke is broken. I mean, that is powerful scripture right there. He goes on to say in verse 12, the same chapter, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places, and they shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. That's what prayer and fasting does. It fixes things. It changes things. It repairs things. It restores things. Not against all the help that you can get anywhere else. But when that's all said and done, there's only going to be one person change your situation, and that's the Almighty God. That's it. Brother Dr. Hughes said it so powerfully at camp meeting. 
he basically made it very clear that none of us have nail prints in our hands. And so none of us are anybody's savior. <laughs> There's only one person that had nail prints in his hands, and that is our Lord and Savior. He's the one. Uh, let's, let, let's talk about how powerful our lives can be, how powerful church can be, how powerful God's people can be. Joel chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your heart, and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, and call a solemn assembly. He said, listen, tell everybody that it's time to get together and have a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. That's basically what he's saying. That's in Joel chapter 2. It's in the same chapter of Joel, after he states this, that he says in verse 28, and it shall come to pass, when? Afterward. It's after that. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. a very popular verse. We quote it. We know it off by heart. Uh, but that's not... Where it started, it started that there was a call of a solemn assembly and a good old fast, uh, a good old fashioned prayer and fasting time. Then it's after that that God's spirit is poured out. We have to keep reminding ourselves. Uh, that that uh, prayer does change the situation and the circumstance. And what happens sometimes, we get a little impatient because it doesn't happen right away. Just because something doesn't happen right away does not mean that the Lord is not working. God is working, and our responsibility is to keep praying an effectual, fervent prayer, he said, of a righteous man availeth much. Not a little bit, not to get, enough to get by, not enough just to ease the pain. No, no. An effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Much. Yeah. See, regardless of our political stripe or whatever the case might be, there is a universal consensus on the fact that military victory over a hostile and an entrenched foe is but yet the first phase of warfare. Just when we think, okay, we, we are living in victory or we, we've accomplished something or we've got to a certain level. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we take our foot off the gas when we feel the ease of the onslaught of the enemy. And to be honest with you, that's when we should put it full throttle and say, we're going to run right over him. 
and we're not even going to let there be even a chance of recovery and the authority be taken in your marriage and in your home and in your family and in your kids and in your grandkids and say you got no you got no business messing with me and i think sometimes if we're not careful we think because we've we've got to a certain place and man we're feeling a little less pressure it's like uh, uh the military no no when when the war is that's just the beginning of recovery you got to set up the recovery you see that war and torn communities or countries or whatever the case is and everything's been flattened folks just because the war ended doesn't mean everything's back to normal and so no different in our spiritual walk we've got to a place where okay I'm not feeling the pressure every day but how about put the pedal to the metal at that point and say you know what I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pray to a level that I've never prayed before that this victory is way beyond the easing for myself see Jesus's parable in Luke 19 where he said a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them occupy till I come that parable teaches us that the servants of God must also occupy that hostile territory no time to sit back and say you know what I, I I've won a little victory and now I'm gonna take a deep breath no it's the opposite of that that word occupy the word does not mean to just bide one's time no it means to be busy or busy oneself with trade simply put we're to do more than just fill space in God's kingdom but there to be a constantly a, a constant attention to the business of the king where we're not just filling space and occupying but there's a primary business that we have and let me tell you that's only accomplished through prayer going to the next level in occupying your trade as a Christian is to find yourself in a prayer life like you have never been before it has to be that in 2023 we raise the level of necessity of prayer in our own life without question Paul said to Timothy I exhort therefore that first of all first of all he said supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men the preacher John Bunyan who once said we can do more than pray after we have prayed but we cannot do more than pray until we have prayed there's lots that can be accomplished after prayer but until we pray little is going to be accomplished oh there may be some 
initial results. But let me tell you, it's only prayer that makes it stick. It's only prayer that brings us to where God wants us to be personally. And see, our society, if we're not careful, I felt it in church on Sunday even. Our society has got us wore out. People are tired and exhausted. And all of a sudden you find yourself in prayer. And if you're not careful, you find yourself asleep. It used to be that people counted sheep to go to sleep. Now they just have to start praying. They're asleep in no time. What, that doesn't work for you? You can't sleep. You get up and start to pray, man. I'll tell you what. You'll be yawning within seconds. Sit down to watch a movie or something. You'll stay awake for hours. But find yourself on your knees in prayer and you're yawning before you hardly get down. See, the powerful prayer that's mentioned here in the scripture I read to you that Paul wrote to Timothy, he uses the word supplication. And unfortunately, in our English language, it's kind of lost. It's lost the true meaning. And if you look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, you'll see, you'll see a definition that uses the word begging. It's not what the scripture's talking about at all. The scriptural meaning is the sense of binding, not begging. And there's a big difference between binding and begging. God doesn't need you and I to beg. Okay, he, he's our heavenly father. You don't have to beg your heavenly father for anything. You know, you don't have to come and whine and cry and boo-hoo and, 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 and with, you know, get your head bowed down. And you, no, no, he's your heavenly father. When you come to him in prayer, and I'm speaking, you know, not that we don't come in humility and all of that, I understand. But when it's speaking about supplication, it's speaking about you coming with the mindset of binding. The enemy, you're not coming in this house. No, 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 you're not allowed here. You're not allowed in my family. You're not allowed in my life. You're not, ah, the flesh, you're going to be under subjection. It's a binding mentality. And the binding mentality of supplication is much different than begging. The, 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 the supplication is to ask with passion, persistence, focus. Supplication is a prayer of occupation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. There's an enforcement to that type of prayer. That's when Matthew writes and said, I, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus' promise in that verse about the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church is irrevocable. 
It's connected to the actions of the church in the very next verse. This is what the next verse says. And I will give unto thee the keys, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, there's an ancient custom that the gates of a city functioned as the place of where a public discourse happened and official decrees took place. And Jesus is teaching that the church has been empowered for victory. The church is going to be victorious. That's, that's a guarantee. The victory on the cross that he already paid, I mean, it paved the way already for victory. It, it's entrenched to, in our pathway that the church is going to be victorious. And so when he writes that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, the understanding is it cannot hold back the church. What do you mean, pastor, it can't hold back the church? Well, he tells us in the very next verse, if there is something that happens in our spirit that we understand who we are as a child of God, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And what is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Folks, that's not a cockiness. That's an authority that he has given you through the power of prayer. The church shouldn't be living under an understanding that we're just trying to survive. That's not how he built his church. He's not building his church that we're just going to get by. No, all hell cannot do anything against the church to hold it back from going forward. That's done through prayer. That's done through the sincerity of prayer and, and, and fasting. See, supplication moves into the confusion caused by the fall of men, broken hearts, broken homes, broken health, broken relationships. And what supplication does is it binds up the broken things and brings things back to God, to the original design that he's had. It intervenes on behalf of where we say, you know what? God's filled me with his spirit, and I'm going to stand in the gap and weep between the porch and the altar with a cry, God, spare the people. Spare the people, Lord. And there's something that happens as you, as a child of God. It's not just the pastor. you got the same spirit that I have, the same power and anointing as I have. God's called us to a position. That's it. That's the only difference. But your power in prayer is no different than anyone else if you do it with the authority that God's given you. Listen, nothing wrong with having people team up with you with prayer. I mean, there's strength in numbers. And I'm, I'm not against that. But my participation can't be dependent upon hoping that someone else prays for me. There's a tenacity that has to arise in my spirit that says, this is as far as it goes. And my, 
myself being lost in prayer and in finding myself in God's presence and uh, listening to the, 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 the voice of God and understanding his voice and becoming familiar with his voice myself. See, the binding is not limited to our concept of something being tied up or constrained. What could accurately be stated if we wanted to make it more clear when we speak about this binding, it's like a binding contract. And listen, when you have a binding contract with God, he won't break it. You can try to get out of contracts with your phone, and you can try to get out of contracts with serious radio, and you can, whatever. But that's, that's not how it works with God. When God and you have a binding contract that what is bound on earth is bound in heaven and what's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven, that's exactly what happens. Oh, God, lead us into the seriousness of prayer. Satan is always trying to attempt to construct things totally out of line with God's blueprint. He tries to contradict God's word. He tries to, he tries to distract you and I so that we don't occupy the way God really wants us to occupy in prayer. And so he'll have us, if we're not careful, be distracted. And our prayer time becomes a filling in time and a repetitious verbiage that we maybe repeat on a daily basis. But what Jesus paid for at the cross is able to change your situation. It's able to accomplish what he wants to do as the purpose in your life. It's a different contract than anything that's created here on earth that you can get out of her change. It's a powerful, powerful weapon that's not intended to be wasted on pettiness or self-centeredness or temporal concerns. And Paul elaborates on that. And he gives us some divine directive to pray for issues that are grander and broader than just some immediate points that we need personal change for the temporal and he writes it, and he puts it this way. In First Timothy 2, he says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And he goes on to say, for kings and for all that in authority, they, that, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. See, we've been equipped for prayer, with prayer, for critical, kingdom-minded, eternal issues. This is not, it's not that God's not concerned about our little concerns. He is. If it's a concern to you, it's a concern to us and to him. But, you know, whether I... I'll give you an example. 
Do you know that there is a shortage on salt for um, your water softener? Does anyone know that? Maybe you got lots of salt already if you have a water softener. Maybe you got lots ahead. But I'm just going to notify you that there is a shortage. There is none in the city. There was 14 bags at Canadian Tire in Rosse yesterday. And I was text and let known that there was 14 bags. And so I went to Rosse Canadian Tire and there was one bag left. And I just happened to be 30 seconds ahead of the guy that was behind me that was looking for. And I heard the lady at the cash say, that guy just took the last bag. Okay. Where was I going? <laughs> the point I was trying to make is, you know, God's concerned that I have salt for my water softener. Yes. But if I don't, it's not the end of the world. What matters is whether I've got kingdom-minded, eternal passions at stake when I pray. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't, Lord, you know, help me find a bag of water, soften or salt. Then I had someone text me and say they found 15 bags in Blackville. Blackville! Like, I mean, we're talking about going all over the province here. The salt goes from eight fifty a bag to 30 bucks a bag. You've got to go to Blackville to get it. Anyway, what I'm saying is God's concerned about the little things. Yes, don't get me wrong. But what about the things that are life-changing for you and your family and your kids and your health and And if we're not careful, we just learn to live with. And yet, within each and every one of us is an authority that we have through prayer and fasting to change the dynamics of a situation, a paradigm shift of your, of your circumstances where nothing else can be attributed to that God put his hand inside of your problem and took care of it. And folks, that can't be lost as apostolics because prayer still makes the difference. It still makes the difference. And you can see how that changes and so you, he uses words like supplication and intercession. Intercession occurs when believers realize that God has ordained boundaries of blessings around his people. And those boundaries of blessings around his people of protection remain there through the power of intercession. And Satan will always try to violate the boundaries that are around your life. 
But he has no authority, folks, if you and I remain in a relationship with God through prayer. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a fight to the finish. We have to be prayer warriors and sufficient in spiritual sensitivity and understanding the power of prayer and even prayer through travail that something happens in our spirit where you find yourself alone with God, maybe in the wee hours of the morning or sometime during the day where the phone is in another room and nothing is on so you have to listen to it. Where you find yourself just you and God, whether it's here at the church or at a special spot in your backyard or in the basement or in the, when the Bible says the closet is speaking about no distraction. And if we're not careful, we can go to prayer and, and we can't even do it without having our phone in case someone texts us. All power, he said, in heaven, or is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The scriptures making it very clear that he has all power. He is your heavenly Father. He is the son that died for you. He is the power of his spirit that lives inside of you. He has all power. And the day of Pentecost happened because of supplication and intercession. And you read it in Acts. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Something took place. Because they said, we are going to get our heads, our minds, our hearts on one, aisle, one item. And that's to find ourselves in prayer. I thank God for music. And I thank God for great conversation. And I thank God for positive people. And I thank God for all of those things. But they will never replace prayer. Finding his voice, knowing his voice, talking to him. You and I stand as ambassadors of heaven. With these words, let your kingdom come, God. Let your will be done. That's in my life. That's in this church. That's in our city. That's in our country. Listen, the power of prayer changes the situations that are around you. Speak heaven's covenant he has made a binding contract with you that the power of prayer can be done through praying his word you you want to pray something powerful you pray his word 
You say, I don't know what to pray. Get out his word and you start praying his word. Nothing's higher or greater than his word. Nothing. Pray his word. Have that binding contract over your life that there is nothing in this world that will deter you from your time with God on a regular basis. For me, stand, so I'll quit. For me to spend 10, 15 minutes before church only, and I'm thankful for prayer before church, don't get me wrong, but you can't survive. You can't survive on talking to God 10 or 15 minutes a week. That won't work. You got to find yourself on a daily communication level with him. I've told it to you before. Listen, I go to bed. I usually go to bed to sleep. If I wake out of that, it's more than likely God wanting to talk. <laughs> I went to bed to sleep. So a lot of times God will wake me in the night because he wants to chat because he's got my undivided attention. I don't know what it's, when it is and what it is for you. But don't allow prayer to become distant in your walk with God. And just because you can't see what happened because of prayer today doesn't mean that something is not happening. God, I thank you for your mighty power. I thank you for your mighty presence. And God, you placed it into my spirit to talk about prayer tonight. And God, I pray the seriousness of our walk with you is only developed through spending time with you. And God, I pray each and every person that's under the sound of my voice, watching or listening online tonight, God would reevaluate their time they're spending with you. And God, allow that to, God, become to a serious level, a sincere level. Fasting, prayer, supplication, intercession, seeking your face, spending time just listening to your voice. Sometimes, God, maybe not even saying anything, but rather listening. Allowing your wonderful presence to speak and to minister to our very heart and soul. God, that our connection with you is stronger than it's ever been. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church, for being in Bible study tonight. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.